The Gift will be read by Stephen Bellamy. Jesus Christ was not a particularly good-looking baby. <laughs> he was not as he appears in the paintings. No beatific gazes, no pacifying effect on animals, and he definitely didn't glow in the dark. <laughs> I'm a confusing I, I don't mean to. I mean, I was confused myself. As I said to the angel Gabriel as we sat in the restaurant of the Premier Inn Heathrow, him with the penne plaster and me with the beer-battered cotton chips, I'm confused. I'm very confused indeed. Not much better, eh? Well, let's go back further. It was Christmas Eve, and I was trying unsuccessfully to get to sleep. I was, I was almost relieved when there was a knock at the front door. I got out of bed, put my slippers on, and went downstairs. Well, this is a process that takes about 15 minutes these days, so I was half expecting the visitor to be gone by the time I arrived. The first thing I noticed was that the hall was flooded with light. And I don't just mean it was bright. White light, with what I can only describe as a liquid quality, was pouring in through the glass of the front door, sloshing around the coat rack and the, the little table with the telephone on it. And as I approached, the door swung open, sending a further tide in that nearly swept me away. I had to grab the banister for support. I'm sorry, said a voice. I always mean to warn people, but I forget. <laughs> a figure stepped forward into the hall, a short man in a tweed jacket and a flat cap. He looked like a millionaire trying to blend in whilst visiting the countryside. <laughs> Would you get your coat? he asked. It's a mighty cold night out. Do you want my coat? I said. No, he said. I want you in or out of your coat. It's all the same to me. The coat was merely a suggestion for your comfort. I'm not going anywhere, I said, except back to bed, and you're getting out of my house before I call the police. <coughs> There's no need for that, the man replied. In any case, this one goes way above the remit of local law enforcement. And I've been sent to fetch you, Professor Gasper, and with me you will go. Resistance is futile. What? I'm sorry, that probably came out rather aggressively, didn't it? I didn't mean to sound threatening. It's really very simple. You're coming with me, and that's a fact in the same way the gravity is, or the speed of light. Alpha A Omega has spoken, and who are we to argue? You are, he added, a wise man. I'm a professor. <laughs> Emeritus, King's College, student history. That's good enough, off we go. <laughs> I felt something turn in my head, something fell into place with a click. Yes, of course, I would be leaving my house for a stroll with a complete stranger on Christmas Eve. What other option was there? The angel Gabriel, for that's who the man in the tweed jacket was, wiped his mouth with a paper napkin and poured himself another glass of the Jacobs Creek Chardonnay. Will you be wanting all those chips? He asked. <laughs> Help yourself, I said. He speared one, wiped it around his plate and popped it in his mouth. It's a night float, I'm afraid, he said. Coach class, there's economy in heaven, same as everywhere else these days. I mean, I'm not sure why we have to take an aeroplane at all, I said. I, I thought you could fly. I can, said Gabriel. You can't. <laughs> I thought I'd keep you company. Well, it's very kind of you, I replied, looking down at my plate. All the chips are gone. Aren't you forgetting something, though? I'm sure I'm not. But besides getting to the Holy Land, don't we have to go back about 2,000 years? Ah, time travels nothing, said Gabriel dismissively. <coughs> now, slowly in only one way. <laughs> well, not slowly enough, and frankly, the destination isn't very appealing. <laughs> All I have to do, Gabriel continued, is speed you up a little. 
and he'll point you in the opposite direction. I shared a hotel room with the other wise men. Melchior was an astronomer, a fat man with ruddy cheeks from too many nights out in the desert, staring at the, he- uh, at the heavens and, I suspect, drinking heavily. <laughs> at the end of the first night, when the other wise man, Balthazar, a Moroccan doctor, had gone to use the bathroom, he tugged at my lapel and looked hazily in my eye. Don't tell anyone, he whispered, but it's the other way round. What's the other way round? I shifted uncomfortably in my seat. The earth, he hissed. It goes around the sun. <laughs> he collapsed forward on the table in a stupor. Balthazar returned and looked him over carefully, taking his pulse and peeling back his eyelids. His liver is bad, he observed. Has he just been talking to you about the planets? Yes, I said guardedly. Oh dear, said Balthazar. <laughs> this will be the ruin of him. When he gets drunk, he talks too much and he drinks every night. He took Melchior under the arm. If you would help, he said. The hotel room was pretty bad, but not as bad as the Premier Inn at Heathrow. <laughs> at least it had some character. We're lucky to get anywhere, said Balthazar. The whole town is packed. Gabriel booked well in advance. He's a prudent man, is Gabriel. More than meets the eye. Has he told you why he chose us? I asked. I have asked him, said Balthazar. He has not given me an answer, but I think I know. Melchior rolled over and broke wind. (laughs) As I thought, said Balthazar. His digestion is poor too. He will not live out the year. He sounded satisfied. You were saying, I prompted, about why we were chosen. I mean... I was hardly the best historian in my department, let alone the world. Ancient history wasn't even my area, meaning no disrespect, but you're not exactly Hippocrates, and I've never heard of Melchior. We were chosen, said Balthazar, because we are all doubters. Eh? All sceptics. We all need to see things for ourselves. I sat up in bed. I wasn't likely to get much sleep anyway, and looked out of the window. Silent stars went by, as the song says. I tried to find the special one that Melchior had followed, but I couldn't see it anywhere. I think you've been a little grandiose, I said. Do you know what I think we all have in common? What? Well, you never married. Melchior here is, well, let's face it, a hard man to live with. And I've been on my own for a very long time. If we were to drop dead tomorrow, no one would miss us. No one cares what we think. Maybe so, said Balthazar thoughtfully. Maybe so. Melchior began to snore. Behind the shepherds, Melchior grumbled. What a bloody insult, behind the shepherds! <laughs> I think that's the general idea, I replied. All equal in the sight of God, lie and lie down with the lamb and so forth. Still, said Melchior, taking his swig from a leather bottle. Bloody shepherds! <laughs> The shepherds, to be fair, had taken their time. I had expected to find them cowering and trembling, kneeling at the feet of the Christ child and offering up lambs. Instead, they seemed relaxed, genial even. The eldest of the group was talking animatedly with a man I assumed to be Joseph about the best method for putting up shelves. (laughs) (laughs) The younger ones were making polite conversation with Mary, the, the gist of which, as far as I could work out, was that even if his arrival hadn't been announced by the heavenly host, they still think her boy was a cracking kid. Really, what a best. <laughs> this is no place for a baby, said Balthazar, looking uncomfortably around the stable. He was keeping his hands firmly in his pockets, as if afraid of touching anything. I could see his point. It was barely fit for cattle. 
I don't even want to think what the birth itself must have been like. He stopped and looked at me through narrowed eyes. What's the matter with you? he asked. You're terribly quiet. I was just thinking, I said. What about? said Melchior. That baby, I said. Do you know, I spent a great deal of my working life reading about the terrible things human beings did to each other on account of it. Burnings, hangings, beheadings, you name it. Melchior belched. Melchior, I said, in years to come, scientists like you will be tortured because of people who believe in that baby. I, I turned to Balthazar. And you, doctors, I mean, they still get killed in my lifetime by people who think they're acting on behalf of that baby. I think they're ready to see you now. I looked around. Gabriel was at my elbow. If he'd heard what I'd just said, he'd show it. He led us up to the Holy Family and introduced us. Melchior and Balthazar started talking to Joseph. They handed over their gifts, little jars of sweet-smelling things that, that didn't quite overpower the aroma of the stable. I, meanwhile, chatted to Mary. She wasn't the easiest person to talk to. Not much idea about the past and very little conception of the future. As far as she was concerned, the world had been and always would be exactly as it was now. I suppose she'd never been presented with any evidence to the contrary. I tried talking to her about Christ, but she only wanted to discuss how the birth had been and how he was feeding and how he was sleeping, you know, the sort of things that parents always talk about. She handed him over to me briefly. He poured at my gold watch and I took it off and, and dangled it in front of him. He seemed to like that. I watched his eyes dancing around and I thought, 30 years time or so, something unspeakably awful is going to happen to this poor little baby. Penny for him, said Gabriel. Thinking bad thoughts, I replied. About your boss? Gabriel shrugged. You wouldn't be the first. <laughs> the boy gurgled and began to cry. Mary took him from me and fed him. He was quickly pacified and snuffled contentedly. I don't know what to make of this experience, I said to Gabriel. I, I don't really know what to make of it at all. I'll make of it whatever you like, Gabriel replied, staring at the baby. It's a gift, that's all. No one gives you a gift and says, you must do this or you must do that. That's why it's a gift. The journey home was complicated. It turned out that Melchior had been rather indiscreet with certain officials about the purpose of his visit to Bethlehem, so he had to take a substantial diversion. I, know, I had no idea that quite so many senior hotels could exist outside of Brighton, but we must have stayed at all of them. I said goodbye to Balthazar and Melchior at the airport and got a night fly back to Heathrow. All the while I wondered who I could tell. I decided to tell no one. I, you know, if it was true, I'd, I'd write it up as a short story, maybe. Send it somewhere, see if, if anyone would take it. Just give it away. Not, not tell anyone. You, know, you must do this, or you must do that. I got back to my flat by twelfth night, lit the fire, and settled down to watch the James Bond film on television. When it was over, I sat at my desk with a cup of tea and began to write. I never did get my watch back. <laughs>